0: Now, well,
2: yeah. the boat, the boat was already the last straw for me, but this this is something <laughs> entirely <laughs> different. This is grounds yes. for divorce. Oh, electrifying. Oh, execution, yeah, and, by the way. They oh, oh, into really methods. nasty
0: arguments. Yeah, which yeah I was to say there's <laughs> different ways to, <laughs> to, <laughs> she to execute, get pissed but, uh, off and try I'm to take the this painting down do with and like get rid of it. And he would fly into a rage until she did it. It does, definitely. She get a few seconds off to inform you. Yeah, there's no question. She got an electric chair. About the best health. Yeah, before we get started, though, before we start talking about Ruth and her electric chair. Dear friend, I wanted Join to ask as a favor you the best of our amazing, amazing listeners. Would updates. you, you please just take a quick second and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? Even if it's just a quick, woo, tips love and special this podcast from the best doctors in the United States of America. Well, we already love you. Well, podcast. it's unconditional. we'd love you a little extra more. Yes. Excellent health would. digest. So
2: Lisa, what's wetting your whistle today? Ooh, ooh. So what's wetting my whistle today? I am drinking
1: a Pinot Gris see the truest story Chateau never Saint told Michel fiction wine. podcast that for that delicious. real life on the it go it is page what are you drinking old i'm
2: literally just drinking made our guest a vodka lemonade i think that's a beautiful thing it is tells
1: us about his story as simplicity. it happens in real but time but i'll tell you, you where the vodka life. came
0: from please do it's nasty it boy's podcast and it's Austin, Go get Texas. a load We're of that happiness because Texas.
1: happiness is healthy Texas. as we know
0: it. <laughs> and know. Join us every week <laughs> as we continue <laughs> to How much have you drank? <laughs> not a lot, but I guess that Deep Eddie Enjoy gets the deep show. in me.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you one of my favorite things to do is have the Deep Eddie Sweet Tea Vodka and mix that vodka. with lemonade. i so no this guy wait, had no business it's like a flavor. It's getting it's married if was not I know, it's
0: some bullshit. So one more little tidbit that's going to come up later in the story is that he had a Thai Amazing! That said I bought all the little initials, mini travel bottles one time of all the different flavors so remember that. and mixed them with this soda. This is a totally yeah. a Robert Braden type dude where He can't one. get over now. I love and, and he's and married to Cersei. Oh my Arnold God, you're Palmer. right. He's married mm-hmm. to a new beautiful. woman. Beautiful. You know, by all accounts, right that sounds delicious. good wife you, you to have. So whatever, but he just cannot let go of that one girl who might not have even liked him that much anyway. We don't know because she did. I
2: like to feel good too, Paige. And for all of you guys, yeah, but i a feeling. Reference. Mm-hmm. This lady just in case you're like, oh right, I'm sorry. Who's Robert uh, Pattinson?
0: She's gonna feel bad. This guy? <laughs> I would be very surprised if anyone who to wants, electric wants, wants, electric wants to listen chair. to this. Podcast. Oh my. Okay, we so, so we're a giving it episodes. away all up <laughs> front. <friends>. Didn't, <laughs> didn't watch Game of Thrones the at some <laughs> point? Hopefully, y'all are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And even, Ruth even if you're Snyder, not, don't even start. You're still welcome. You're still already gonna die at the end of the story. But before we, we will try our best, like lisa just did to tell you what we're talking about because I hate it when I'm listening to a podcast and they throw out some dumb movie reference I've never. Stuff. Done. Story over. Talking. All right. Like, Thank well, you for listening. Please make sure to yeah, check us out so on Instagram. we will try not streaming. to do that to you guys. But <laughs> then she anyway. got zapped and died. No the solution to this marriage problem right. that Ruth had was Snyder. to have a baby what in 1918. Because that solves well every problem in a
2: marriage. Oh yeah, it doesn't cause new her problems lover
0: at all. Killed her husband <laughs> by what? making people stressed out and tired all the time. Never happens. Poor. Never. I feel like I've never heard this before. It does not help if you already have marriage problems. It's not know going to help. it did. Specifically Women have with never these guys, they had a baby <laughs> sheet on their husbands, and "kill them afterwards." She was so excited, she was so <laughs> happy right. to but have a little But you know what? Before we get through, I do own, want to give a few spoil little tidbits right. about the electric chair itself. Do Things exactly. that I found out that I didn't, I didn't know. know, and but I thought people might be on the know, other hand. You know said what? I didn't want kids. I was not happy that she got pregnant. Okay, dude, I'll tell you. What did you think you guys were doing in the bedroom? Who doesn't want time? You were making babies. I'm just Thanks, Paige. Listeners, are you going to put up with that? What did you think was going to happen? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. Great. Have to talk before, <laughs> some guess. more I deep eddy The <laughs>
2: glutton for Apparently. punishment. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's why they come. No, I'm i just didn't have reliable <laughs> well, birth I mean, control You can phrase it that then, way, So come on, dude. I don't judge. Whatever. turning into yeah, our Dolls After Dark. That should be our promo. Ruth, that little <laughs> Now at her wit's end, <laughs> just, you hey know, she's basically just concentrating on her daughter and herself and whatever with Albert. In comes the side patreons. I give you three guesses as to why it's called Dolls After Dark is a new lover named after we chud. drink enough to go dark. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right,
2: blackout. Anyways, I'm sorry. Let, let's let's get back on track.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about these electric chairs. So this is some of the history of the electric chair. First invented by a dentist of all people. Wow. I know, right? I think he he was used to having chairs, and so he's like, electric chair, same thing as what I use.
2: (laughs) Yikes. I do not want to associate the dentist and the electric chair.
0: Right? I don't need that. I don't need that association. I've already got enough issues with the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) But this guy, he was in the late 1800s. His name was Alfred P. Southwick. Oh, nice. Nice. And how he came up with the idea was he was at a lecture hall and there was a medical examiner up at the front of the lecture hall talking about an autopsy he had done on a man who was a drunk dock worker and snuck into the power plant for the electric company.
2: What would he do in there?
0: Apparently at some point in his life, I don't know how we know this, because all I know about this guy is that he's dead, but we know that at some point in his life he touched an electric fence and liked the way it tingled in his arms. Excuse me? So, that's apparently the story. I don't know how we know that. Maybe he told somebody. Excuse me. Oh my goodness. Wow. That was delicious <laughs> yeah. and juicy. Was oh, it Deep Eddie's trying to come on up. Oh my, not so deep. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this guy, he uh, snuck into the electric company power plant and touched a bigger live wire than he'd touched before and ended up electrocuting himself to death. Wait, What? <laughs> What, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the guy who was doing the autopsy found it interesting because he hadn't really seen somebody electrocuted to death before this since they hadn't had cities powered by electricity for too much ahead of this, mm-hmm. so anyway, he was talking about it at a lecture. Alfred P. Southwick was in the audience and was like, "Oh, electrocution, death by electrocution, okay, maybe this is uh, a, a money maker I can start selling this to the cities to kill their inmates with for." the death penalty
2: I mean I feel like there's a lot of ways that you could say hmm that's a good way to kill somebody (laughs) I'm just I'm just very curious as to why he's like this this is the new way we're gonna do it
0: I don't know why it sparked his interest. I really don't. All I know is that. The, <laughs> did
2: you just say the... sparked his interest? Did you mean to Spark- say
0: that? Oh, my God. I did not mean. I seriously <laughs> didn't I mean to say that. <laughs> I should have wrote that down. <laughs> that was a beautiful uh, Freudian slip. It worked fine. It worked out just what I needed, I guess. But yes, it wink sparked wink his interest. <laughs> <laughs> But he, So what he did first was he set it up to use on animals at the local pound for euthanasia. And that's how he would test it on, on animals before they started testing it on inmates.
2: Oh my god, that makes me almost want to vomit thinking of a poor animal being electrocuted. We
1: take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows. From the Nespod Studios. Enjoy the show.
2: did like, you know, screw people. You can go to the chair for all I care. I mean, as long as you're guilty,
0: but I'm like, <laughs> don't hurt the animals. Right. I know. Yeah. They're just stray dogs and stray cats that the, there's a Buffalo New York pound that he was getting these animals from. And he killed hundreds of stray dogs and cats before he was like, okay, I think I've got it now. (laughs) Like,
2: okay, I want to punch this guy.
0: So uh, the electric chair itself, after he perfected it on killing animals, it moved it to people. And they found out after several, several years of using the electric chair that it had one of the lowest rates of botched executions. What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: i feel like my whole thing tonight is just gonna be what yeah that was me last week
0: uh sip sip what the shit <laughs> yeah sip sip what
2: the shit okay so how how do it's you botch? Different. how do you bo- i mean do you botch it by like it not killing is that how you botch it And now, execution, it just doesn't kill you.
0: (laughs) I think, well, yeah, I I guess any of these that I'm about to mention, all the different methods that uh, has been used in America as a method of execution, of all of them, the botched means that they aren't able to kill them as quickly and humanely as they were hoping but they still kill them. They, always, they kill all of them at in the end. They just need to do it a couple times.
2: Is killing really considered humane anyway? I feel like we're going to have a whole no. ethics thing here. But I mean.
0: I agree. Like at, at that point, what does it matter? A couple. I Okay. I'm sure it matters a lot to the person going through it. Yes. <laughs> but let's get into the numbers here because I was surprised at how low the rates are of botched executions. Uh, so electric chair, which I said has one of the lowest, is at 1.9% of botched botched execution. That's actually pretty good. Pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty low. Gas chamber is second highest. Gas chamber is at 5.4% botched. Okay. Lethal injection is the highest, and that's the one states currently use, and that's at 7.12%. So now we're going to go old school a little bit. Hanging, which I guess some states you can still try to request hanging, but I don't know. if They if they have to go through like a process to approve it. Um, hanging is at 3.12%. And for that, this is the only one. Uh, lethal injection and hanging and electric chair are the only ones I know for sure what the botched means. Um, I can just guess for gas mm. chamber. But for hanging, the botched means that they either made the short the rope too short or too long And particularly when they used to have hangings in front of an audience, public hangings, they wanted to make sure they did it right so that no head went lopping off and hit somebody in the audience or eyeballs popping out or, you know, stuff like that. So they were trying to make sure not to freak out the audience too much.
2: Well, thank you for fueling my nightmares for tonight.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But so uh, I said that electric chair is one of the lowest of the ratings for botched executions, but the actual lowest is 0% for the firing squad.
2: Okay, yeah, I'd say gunshot to the face ought to do it. So a firing squad, you have several people shooting. Am I correct in assuming that?
0: From what I understand, yes. I feel like the fact that I, for, from what I understand, it's several people and I think sometimes they put the bullet in one gun and the rest have blanks and they don't know, They so the people who do it don't know who's actually pulling the killing shot. But do you remember in episode two, the Lafferty brothers, he requested death by firing squad but ended up just dying of natural causes anyway.
2: Oh, you mean episode three? Yeah.
0: Was that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I forgot this one was 20. So (laughs) yeah. um, Yeah,
2: I do remember that. That's uh, funny.
0: It would have been 0% botched, (laughs) 100% accurate if he had gotten that. Um, But anyway, uh, another fact about the electric chair is that during a botched execution in the electric chair, um, and I don't think they actually know how to stop this from happening. It just happens sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. They put a hood on the prisoner so that if their eyeballs pop out while they're being electrocuted, people don't Mm -hmm. see it. So that's why there's a hood on them. I feel like they
2: use a hood for most executions, right? They've used it for hangings, electrocution. Yeah, pretty much.
0: And I feel like for hanging as well. It was probably to cover the eyes from popping out. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: just going to... Yeah. Ooh, I burped too. <laughs>
0: yeah, no thanks. But anyway, um, on that, my last fact and the one that surprised me the most is that scientifically speaking, doctors aren't really sure how someone who gets killed in the electric chair what actually kills them oh it's a lot of things it's all you know obviously there's (laughs) there's reasons that he's dead but they're not sure specifically what it is that makes that killing blow
2: I guess it could be like mess up the electrical currents in their brain, does it? Yeah,
0: it does that. So okay. that's that's actually that's one of the the facts uh, one of the reasons they think it actually happens is that it fries the brain. So the body's heating up too much too quickly and it boils the brain and cooks it and because of that at some point, when it boils the part of your brain that handles the respiratory system, you stop breathing and die. And they think that's what it is. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's probably the answer, but they can't say for certain if that's what kills you or probably amalgamation.
2: I think that's funny that they just don't really know. I mean, with all the technology and all the understanding of the human anatomy and...
0: And uh, how long they've been using the electric chair Yeah, You would think they'd know. I don't know if maybe they just stopped doing autopsies on those bodies because they're like, well, we know how they died.
2: (laughs) By electrocution.
0: Yeah. So I'm not sure, actually. I think that's funny, too. But let's get into Ruth. Ruth Snyder. All right. Who's this bitch? Who's this bitch? Well, Ruth Snyder was... I'm going to shorten her childhood to one phrase. She was poor and wanted to be rich.
2: I mean, I feel like that's a lot of us... (laughs) It's
0: a lot of us, really. (laughs) But uh, for her, her parents were poor immigrants who had moved there. She was born in America. And she wanted all the cutesy little girl things that she saw in the toy store and, you know department stores and things like that. She wanted the cute furniture for her bedroom. Mm -hmm. She wanted a wristwatch, a pony, all kinds of like elitist stuff that there was no way her parents were able to afford.
2: And what year was this again? I'm sorry.
0: Oh, she was born in 1895 in Manhattan. Okay.
2: Okay. Good time to be alive. Yeah.
0: So yeah, she born to immigrant parents who wanted to have all the things she wanted to be a consumer, but her parents were like, nah, can't, can't afford it. But <laughs> so she decided, um, she didn't really like school, so she couldn't real. she didn't feel like she wanted to have a career or anything but she did learn house making really well you know like back then that was the thing for girls to do Anyways, you learn how to cook really well keep a nice house and keep your family happy and healthy.
2: I think that's a noble pursuit.
0: I agree I think that is not where she went wrong she was I mean you know maybe she was a little greedy with thinking like my parents can't give me this so I'm going to get a man who can but that's kind of the idea back then anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah she was. Just, she wanted to have a family, really She just wanted to start a family for herself and enter at at about nineteen we're gonna find her husband, her future husband. oh yeah, so she was nineteen. it was about nineteen fourteen and Albert, who was thirty two when he met Ruth and she was nineteen, you know, falls in love. they have like almost immediate chemistry
2: oh that's still a kind of a big age gap but okay a
0: little bit of an age gap it's true and i i think it, it i'm not sure if it mattered too much back in the day or not people were probably getting married like that but albert had met her because she was a phone operator and she happened to call his office phone by mistake okay. And, uh, you know, you have an office. You have an office phone, Lisa. Do you think that would be frustrating? If someone called me? If someone called you and was, like, trying to, you know, connect you to somebody and they thought you were in a warehouse of some sort and you were like, no, it's not me.
2: Uh, legit, that happened twice last week to me. Someone called asking <laughs> to buy bulk taco seasoning and I'm like, we make industrial mufflers for, like, hospital <laughs> engines. He's like, Oh, so you don't sell taco seasoning? like, no,
0: don't sell bulk taco seasoning. <laughs> no. You're like, don't you think I would know if there was a bunch of taco seasoning lying around that I could sell you? <laughs> I, t- I told my coworker, I said, some guy
2: called asking to buy bulk taco seasoning. She goes, well, did you sell him some? I'm like, damn right I did.
0: <laughs> You'll get the bill in the mail. <laughs> She's
2: like, that's why you're the number
0: one employee. Employee of the month. Mm-hmm, I can sell some
2: we don't even have. So, yes, I I can understand how it can be a little frustrating. Sure.
0: Yeah. You're trying to do your job. You get this call. Well, that's what happened was Albert was a little frustrated with Ruth for calling and she was kind of new to the job. He did get a little bit upset at her and he started, you know, kind of mouthing off on the phone to her. Oh, my. Yeah until she said, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I didn't mean to do that."
2: she from California?
0: That's me. I, I, that's just my voice. I was about to
2: say, <laughs> that, that sounded like a little valley girl,
0: Paige. Probably. <laughs> I've got a little Texas, little valley girl mixed together to create a monster of an accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one can place it. No one can place it. <laughs> I'll say y'all and talk about surfing in the same sentence. No, I don't like surfing. But uh, Albert, liked the sound of Ruth when she was all cutesy and apologetic so he asked her where she worked and he wanted to come down and apologize in person. Very nice. I guess I mean that's happened to me before when I was on the phone with customers and they I, you know they'll like start off the conversation all heated and then I you know, calm them down, get them what they need. And at the end of it, they're like, you know, I'm so sorry that I was yelling at you. You know, I think I know where your office is. Do you mind if I stop by? That's another valley girl. I swear. <laughs> only, I guess that's the only voice I could do. <laughs>
2: no, that's uh, was supposed to be a dude. That's OK. I guess it is creepy when you put it like that. Yes,
0: I felt creeped out. Plus, I didn't want to meet them. But um, she did. She was like, yeah, you sound, you know, sophisticated and like an older gentleman. Why don't you come on down? That sounds great. Uh, now I, I guess I'm just leaning in. Yes, <laughs> but, guys, um... I'm loving it. <laughs> okay. I'll just uh, do it then. Uh <laughs> Before we move on, Lisa, I do want to tell you what Albert did for a living. Please tell me. He was an art editor for a magazine.
2: Oh, OK. Uh, what kind of magazine?
0: I assume it's a magazine for boating because the name of the magazine is called Motorboating. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that would tickle you, because it tickled me. <laughs> i I've, I've deeply tickled. Isn't that great? I was like, they don't know what they had back then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's
2: my motorboat
0: impression. <laughs> <laughs>
2: motorboat, son of a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Lordy Lou.
0: That's Albert. Albert was the motorboating son of a bitch, except the problem was when he met Ruth, he didn't have anyone to motorboat. He had been single for a long time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But he did have a girlfriend before. He had a fiancé, 10 years before he met Ruth. Mm-hmm. And his former fiancé was named Jessie Gouchard. We're going to be talking about her quite a bit.
2: Jessie Gouchard. Gouchard?
0: Gouchard? Gouchard. Yeah. I don't really know how to say it. Jessie Jessie Gouchard. I'm assuming. Sure.
2: I will am good with Jessica Gouchard. If she has something to yeah. say about it, she can tell us. Yeah. Great. Now there's gonna be a
0: ghost in front of me and be like, it's it's Gouchard. Right? They're like, I heard you. You said it wrong. Damn it. <laughs> don't don't use a Ouija board is the message there. Yeah. Ain't doing it, don't worry. The first time you open it it'll start spelling out how to say Gouchard. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, poor Jessie. She died of pneumonia while they were engaged before they got married. Aww. And it devastated little Albert. He was so sad and he was at her bedside when she died holding her hand the whole time.
2: Romantic and so, so tragic.
0: It is. It's pretty tragic. And he never forgot about Jessie. Ever, ever, ever. Not even when he met Ruth. Um. So that's not so good. Not so great.
2: Uh, ooh. Things sound like they're about to get sticky. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. You start to loosen the necktie a little bit like, ooh, okay, (laughs) here it comes. (laughs) So Albert proposed marriage after they'd been dating for a little while. And she agreed. She loved she was so excited to be his wife. But the problem is that once they got married, they realized they shouldn't have got married anyway
2: how do you figure
0: there's a couple different things uh, first of all and this might be the one that's easiest to work through they had conflicting desires of how to use their free time
2: Okay, so uh, one likes scrapbooking, the other
0: likes stamp collecting, like that kind of issue? I feel like those two could get along okay, as long as they can have their own workspace. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, for them, it was almost complete opposites. She was the extrovert social butterfly. She wanted to go out. It's prohibition time, so she wanted to go out, find the little speakeasies, dance, smooze, drink, booze. (laughs) Oh, I like your rhyme there. (laughs) But... So that's what she wanted to do. She was a young girl. She wanted to get out there and live her life. But he was in his early 30s, which isn't old. <coughs>
2: No, it's definitely uh, (laughs) not. Once you get there, you're like, how did I get here? (laughs) How did I get here? Yeah, what happened?
0: But he felt like an old man and I get it. At that point in his life, he was ready to sit in the evening with a nice book, have dinner, talk to his wife and not necessarily go out dancing.
2: Okay, like I can get behind that for sure, especially as I am... 33
0: of of a certain low 30 number yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and also he just happened to be more of a philosopher than her she she was all about having a good time and laughing and joking around with pals where he as he wanted to sit and have philosophical discussions about life and universe and what everything means and he's an artist you know so you can imagine they just didn't have a lot to talk about.
2: Sure. I mean, it's, maybe they could try a little harder, but, you know, sometimes that happens. They
0: got married pretty quickly in the relationship, so they didn't have a lot of time to get to know each other. Mm. But like I said, I think that could have gotten worked through, especially if, she, if they stayed together and she got older and was like, I don't want to go dancing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like,
2: you can burn out on it after a while. Just give it some time
0: yeah exactly or you know she also wanted kids so eventually i assume she wouldn't want to stay home at least part of the time Mm -hmm. for the kid but anyway the other thing that didn't get worked through and i don't think ever would have was that albert was still absolutely in love with jesse gouchard the dead ex-fiancé
2: what wait come on dude You shouldn't have gotten married if you weren't over your former fiancé. Like, I get it. It's tragic. and, And I know some people that, you know, have lost a spouse... And then they remarry, and mm-hmm. I don't think you ever 100% get over it, but you do to a degree. You don't have
0: to flaunt it. Yeah.
2: So, was he very obvious that he missed Jesse, or did he talk about it? Or?
0: Girl, so obvious. Like, he, I think after they got married, it probably got worse because the more he realized he didn't actually like Ruth all that much, the more he gravitated towards Jesse. And mem- remembering her.
2: Okay, I was like, please don't tell me that he gravitated towards like her, like he dug up her body a la Carl Van Kossel, Count Choculo. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, this isn't Carl Van Kossel style. No, thank goodness. No, he just, uh, he had a lot of memorabilia, but not her body. <laughs> memorabilia? What, what, what did he have? Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. He had a couple things. He had a boat that he named after Jesse, and he named the boat Jesse after he married Ruth. So that kind of sucks. Well,
2: that's a slap in the face. It is a
0: little bit of slap in the face. (laughs) And Ruth didn't like it, as you can imagine.
2: I can't imagine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd be pissed. Um, And he would say things like when he was talking about Jesse, he'd say things like, and Jesse was the finest woman I've ever known. Pointedly looks at Ruth. You know, (laughs) are you kidding me? Like, fuck off. Yeah, he would say that. Everybody heard him say that. Poor Ruth over there in the corner, like I don't know what I am, chopped liver. So that kind of sucks. She didn't like that, but he, you know, that those are kind of the big things. The other stuff he had was like he had a photo album with all, all pictures of him and Jesse.
2: Okay, I hope you can hear my eyes roll.
0: And you know he had to hold on to that. They moved around a couple times. I'm sure she kept trying to throw it away, but he didn't let her. Uh, I don't
2: know. I would totally try and throw it away.
0: Yes, I'd be like, oh, it burned in the oven <laughs> <laughs> somehow. <laughs> no, I, if, yeah,
2: I don't know how cold I would be if I would truly throw something like that away or what, but I, I would definitely be hurt.
0: I would be hurt too. You know, I've actually, I've heard of couples who are really, because both of them have lost people, like both of them are wit- widows or widowers, you mm-hmm. know, that they're able to honor their previous you know loved ones while still maintaining their current relationship mm-hmm. yeah and they kind of you know both talk about their dead loved ones together and it helps them heal and stuff and so it's definitely possible but albert was kind of doing it like a dick <laughs> so, <laughs> don't be an albert um, like dick yeah exactly <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back for this was that he had a painting with jesse on it like he had a painting of jesse up in their living room
2: okay now look the boat the boat was already the last straw for me but this this is something entirely different this is grounds for divorce bullshit
0: yeah and if they would get into really nasty arguments which they did frequently mm-hmm. she would get pissed off and try to take the painting down and like get rid of it and he would fly into a rage until she put it back
1: we take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener about the best health and fitness podcast shows Enjoy the show.
0: Back up.
2: This, this, I'm sorry, this guy had no business re- or getting married if he just was not over.
0: I know. It's some, it's some bullshit. And so, uh, one more little tidbit that's going to come up later in the story is that he had a tie pin that said her initials, which were JG. So, remember that.
2: This is totally a Robert Baratheon type dude where he can't get over Liana. And he's married to Cersei.
0: Oh, my God. You're right. He's married to a new woman who's, you know, by all accounts, a beautiful, good wife to have, whatever. But he just cannot let go of that one girl who might not have even liked him that much anyway. We don't know because she's dead. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah. And for all of you guys, yeah, that was a Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> just in case you're like, oh, right. Who, I'm sorry. Who's oh.
0: Robert Baratheon? Who? <laughs> Who's this guy? I would be very surprised if anyone who wants to listen to this podcast beyond a couple episodes <laughs> didn't watch Game of Thrones at some point. Hopefully you're all are nerds.
2: And even if you're not, it's okay. But
0: we You're still welcome. You're still welcome. Just, still
2: just welcome. so you know, we, we talk about Game of Thrones. The
0: we will try our best like Lisa just did to tell you what we're talking about. Because I hate it when I'm listening to a podcast and they throw out some dumb movie reference I've never heard of, and then they keep talking. And I'm like, what? What was that? (laughs) Yeah. So we'll try not to do that to you guys. But anyway, their solution to this marriage problem that Ruth had was to have a baby in 1918.
2: Because that solves every problem in a marriage.
0: Oh, yeah. It doesn't cause new problems at all (laughs) by making people stressed out and tired all the time. And... Core and <laughs> it's not gonna help it's just not it does not help if you're already having marriage problems it's not gonna help mm-hmm. and it didn't specifically with these guys they had a baby girl named lorraine in 1918 ruth was so excited she was so happy to have a little girl of her own that she could spoil and treat right and do don exactly do her hair whatever but albert on the other hand, said he didn't want kids and was not happy that she got pregnant. And it's like, dude, what did you think you guys were doing in the bedroom this whole time? You were making babies. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Oh, man. Oh, man. He didn't have the talk before, I guess. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Apparently not.
0: And they didn't have reliable birth control back then. So come on, dude. But whatever. Uh, it didn't save their marriage. Mm-mm. Them. Ruth, now at her wits end, just, you know, her she's basically just concentrating on her daughter and herself and whatever with Albert. In comes the side piece.
2: Uh-oh. Who's the side piece? The
0: side piece is a new lover named Judd Gray. Judd Gray. Judd Gray, corset salesman. Oh. Lover. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really sell corsets? Yes, he was a corset salesman. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I feel like that's a job for a lady and, like, maybe not a door-to-door kind of thing.
0: <laughs> I, you would think so, but I'm pretty sure he was a door-to-door
2: course. <laughs> Hello there, ma'am. Are you in the market for a new top of Floppa Stoppa? <laughs> oh, my God, girl. That was great. <laughs> Do it again. Well, I'm the man for you. Just see my wares.
0: <laughs> I love it. Your Judd Gray is probably right on. I mean, I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> (laughs) But they're in Manhattan, so it's got to be something. I felt like it had to be snappy, you know? Oh, my God. You're so good at that. You got to do all the voices, except Valley Girl. I'm sure you do a great Valley Girl, but I'll take over that one. Please
2: do. I I can do door-to-door salesman in 19-something or another. 20s?
0: Yeah, I can do 1920s salesman. Yeah, that's actually where we are right now, by the way. She met Judd Gray in 1925. Well, there we go. And that's when they started doing the nasty. <laughs> like uh, like immediately like i don't know why they fell in love immediately because from what i hear ruth was gorgeous i mean she that's what they said anyway from the pictures i think otherwise but that was also after a murder trial so it's hard to say she's
2: probably looking a little tired i'm, I'm sure of yeah it. i'm sure
0: i'm sure she lost some of her luster after that but um <laughs> So apparently she was gorgeous, but she was also gregarious and that kind of makes you more attractive. She was very funny and sociable and stuff. So mm. everybody liked Ruth, but Judd was described as being an average Joe and super easy to forget.
2: Well, I would love to be described as that one day. You want to be
0: easy to forget?
2: <laughs> I mean, you a blend right You're in. You're not. I, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> let's, let's start there. Oh, no. okay.
0: Okay. You're too good at being sarcastic because I thought for sure you wanted that. <laughs> I know, right? It sounds awful. When I first read that, I was like, "Oh, that's not nice to Judd." But you'll see later. It's okay. It's okay. I don't like Judd. Judd's an asshole. We'll see. Anyway, okay, you'll see. So anyway, he's easily forgettable. Average height, thick glasses, cleft chin. Like there's nothing memorable about him. But he also tries to fade into the background. And Judd himself, he had a wife at home, just like Ruth had a husband.
2: Oh. Okay, so double adulterers.
0: Yeah, that's how to do it, right? I don't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but <laughs> So Jed was married. He had a kid. And later on, while they were going through the murder trial, he said this of his wife. <clears throat> Direct quote. Never could I seem to attain with her, meaning his wife at the time, mm-hmm. the comradeship that formed the bond between my mother and myself. Oh, uh, some mommy issues, it sounds like. Mama's boy. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so he's a mama's boy for sure. And he, he said his wife, basically, he said his wife was perfectly fine. Was <laughs> <laughs> she now? Apparently, she was perfectly fine, but there was nothing special about her. And they didn't have any, like, deep connection. They were just polite to each other, you know. Which I think that's fine. Nothing wrong with being polite to each other, but I guess he wanted more passion.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, passion's good in a marriage, but respect and politeness goes a long way, too. It can lead to more passion. Yes, that is what lasts.
0: But he he wanted somebody who could excite him, and he met that person in Ruth.
2: I'm sure they're both looking for a little something something.
0: Yeah, they were. They were both looking for something outside of their wedding. And that's that's what they found. Uh, and actually, after the affair got going and heated up, he started calling Ruth mumsy. Come again? That's how much he liked moms. Yeah. mum Mumsy. Mumsy. I've never even heard that as a like i I've heard hot Mama. But not Mumsy <laughs> or Little Mama or something like
2: Well, hey there, Mumsy. Judd, you're back. Mumsy, <laughs> I guess. Oh, that was bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mumsy. And she didn't call him Papa or Daddy or anything. She called him Loverboy.
2: She really called him Loverboy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mumsy and lover boy.
0: Yeah, that's kind of weird to me. But if that's what you like, get it. And that's what they did. They got it. They went on for two years with this hot affair. And as far as I know... His wife and her husband had no idea what was going on the whole time. Or maybe Albert didn't care enough to try and find out. (laughs) You know, that's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) But she decided after two years of being in this torrid affair with Judd, I I don't know if she necessarily wanted to end it to be with Judd, but she definitely wanted Albert out of her life for good, like permanently. Out of his life, it sounds like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah she wanted him out of his life yeah <laughs> so before she started to try and kill him she decided to take some life insurance policies out on her husband mm-hmm,
2: that's a good practice yeah
0: especially you know back then it was a lot easier than it is these days to get away with insurance fraud mm-hmm. as with HH Holmes but with Ruth Snyder she was she she might have got away with it but you'll see later why she didn't but she had three different life insurance policies 1, 000, five thousand and 45,000 on her husband. The rumor is that she got him to sign all three of the policies by telling him that the first policy, which was only $1,000, he had to sign it in triplicate. So he didn't even read the other two. He supposedly just signed them all and said, whatever, get out of my face. So <laughs> she got away with it.
2: She kind of told him they were duplicates, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. She said it was the, a form, form in triplicate. So she, So he signed the first one and she's like, okay, the other two are the same thing. Oh, he didn't even know. Didn't even know. Read the fine print, bro. I know. I know. You start to see the little things that come out to tell you your wife is trying to kill you. <laughs> First off, she hates you. I mean, <laughs> and you hate her. So anyway, the $45,000 policy included double indemnity, meaning if his death was ruled an accident, Ruth would get 90000 instead of just 45000 Oh, wow. So that sounds pretty sweet yeah at least that part of it I feel like some
2: accidents are about to happen
0: yes (laughs) she's like I figured it out let's make it look like an accident herself to herself because Judd is not helping her at this point oh okay according to Judd who said this to the newspapers later on Ruth tried to kill Albert seven times on her own before she recruited Judd to help her
2: wow that's kind of a lot (laughs) it seems
0: like a lot especially the fact that Albert never figured it out, but um, <laughs> she tried to set up accidents to happen to her husband. And the ones I'm going to talk about both occurred in the garage. The first one, he was working on the car. Somehow she set it up so that the jack that was holding up the car would break. And hopefully the car would crush Albert, according to Ruth. That's what she wanted. Goodness. But it didn't work. It broke, but he got out of the way. So he was fine. And then another time in the garage as well, he was working on the car again. And she brings him some whiskey. I think the whiskey might have been laced with something or she just kept bringing him whiskey because he basically passed out in the garage. Oh. So while he was passed out, she locked, she, she turned on the car to leave it running and locked the door. So he was in there slowly supposed to die mm-hmm. but he did it he woke up and got out and saved his skin
2: Jeez, at that point don't you think like you could catch on like I, that one
0: feels pretty obvious you would think so and there was according to Judd, seven whole times of weird near death accidents and Albert was just like oh interesting whatever I'm okay now <laughs> <laughs>
2: I feel like that's every time that Stewie tried to kill Lois and family guys like <gasps> That The chair leg like, broke. I, I could have broke my neck. And he's like, damn you, buy a woman.
0: That's true. That's how it feels.
2: <laughs> he's just walking around like, I could have died. How silly. Yeah.
0: I bet Ruth is like,
2: urgh, urgh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> grinding her teeth in the corner. But yeah, so that's only two of the times. The other times, I, I'm not going to talk about it. I just picked the two interesting ones. Mm. But apparently, like I said, Albert didn't notice anything wrong. And It's likely that she didn't even try to do all these things and that Judd made it up for publicity later. That's possible. It is possible. That's the sucky part is that... Anyway, we'll get to it. (laughs) But (laughs) 1927, March 12th, 1927, Ruth and Judd finally teamed up after several supposedly unsuccessful attempts. Uh, Ruth and Judd finally are like, okay, let's make this happen tonight. So Ruth and her family... Which is Albert and her daughter Lorraine Mm -hmm. Went out for the evening When they got back Judd was already snuck into the house And hiding in the guest bedroom Where Albert would not likely to Be not likely to find him Okay after Albert and Lorraine were both kind of put to bed, Ruth snuck into the guest bedroom where Jud was waiting. She was wearing just a little sexy slip. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's going to get... They wanted some uh, pre-murder action. So supposedly they had sex in the guest bedroom while waiting for Albert to fall asleep. I mean, you
2: got to kill time somehow.
0: <laughs> kill time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want to yeah. kill some time before you kill your husband? Uh-huh. Work for <laughs>
0: by the way honey i brought you some corsets (laughs) but because that's part of the story is that apparently she was a little sensitive about her weight because she couldn't shed all of the baby weight Uh and that was another reason she really liked him because she got like cheap or free corsets but anyway (laughs) get yours girl get it (laughs) squeeze into it squeeze into it get it for free uh or for sex i don't know but um (laughs) So Albert fall asleep and they snuck back into the bedroom where he was. Judd had brought with him wire, chloroform, and a five pound weight. It sounds like what I, all I keep
2: in my purse.
0: For self-defense, right?
2: Of course. Of course. Yes.
0: I don't even know where to get chloroform. It might be super easy to get. I legit don't know. <laughs> I <have> no idea. <laughs> when they snuck in, Albert's asleep. Judd goes over to the bed with the weight, the five pound weight, and he brings it down on top of Albert's head to kill him.
2: Ouch. I'm gonna have a splitting headache in the morning.
0: Right away because Albert all it did it didn't hurt. I don't know if it even hurt him that bad. Albert just woke up and was like wait what? <laughs> who, who are you?
2: <laughs> he's hard-headed. It's cool.
0: He jumped out of bed. He was pissed off. He, he would go into rages before with Ruth so we know that he's got some anger issues. Mm-hmm. He went into a rage and he started attacking Judd probably thinking Judd was like sneaking into his house and trying to burgle him or something mm-hmm. so him and judd are fighting and judd is not very good at fighting remember this is a skinny guy with glasses he don't know how to fight
2: <laughs> i don't know how to fight i just know how to sell corsets and screw and screw your wife
0: <laughs> oh my god you're so good at that <laughs> that's awesome so yeah yeah that's it basically judd was like oh shit i don't know how to deal with this so he said Help me, Mumsy, if you want to go for it.
2: Help me, Mumsy. I'm trying to kill your husband. I'm not having much success here. (laughs) (laughs) Mumsy, get over here.
0: That's good. That's exactly what happened. So Ruth was like, "Okay, I guess I got to come in and save the day. So she uh, or not save the day. Um, (laughs) She jumped into the fight. And she took the weight that Judd had dropped and brought it down on Albert's head while he wasn't paying attention. So he went down this time. Okay,
2: good, good. Stay down. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying good.
0: (laughs) I'm just like, okay. I'm not rooting for any of these people except maybe the daughter, Lorraine. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, Albert went down like a sack of potatoes, but he wasn't dead yet. So they stuffed his nostrils with chloroform, with cotton-soaked chloroform, chloroform chloroform-soaked cotton. And then she apparently took the wire that Al- that uh, Judd had brought and strangled Albert to death with it. Apparently. That's what Judd said happened. Mm-hmm. Judd also said that Ruth took their clothing that had blood on it and s- burnt it in the incinerator downstairs to get rid of the evidence. Now, to make it look like it was a robbery so they didn't suspect... Ruth or Judd, Judd went around and ransacked the house trying to make it look like burglars had come in and, you know, thrown things around and stolen stuff. Mm -hmm. And the piece de resistance, Judd tied up Ruth to a chair Mm -hmm. and shoved cheesecloth in her mouth to make it look like she got tied up by the burglars and left there.
2: Was there some cheese in the cheesecloth? Like he you give her a snack?
0: Some kind of nosh to yeah. keep her over till the morning. A little nibble, little A little, nibble, nibble. A little uh, sharp cheddar action. Ooh. I'm about that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. But Lorraine wakes up early the next morning because she hears her mom's calling for her. Mm-hmm. And she heads outside out into the kitchen, finds her mom tied up. And her mom says, go get the neighbors to help us. So Lorraine puts on her robe, runs to the neighbor's house where they call the cops and try and figure out what happened. Well, the cops untie Ruth and they start asking her questions like what happened last night. Mm -hmm. And what she told the cop was that two large Italian men had shown up. But while they were all basically about to go to sleep, Lorraine was already in her room asleep. And the two large Italian men stole her jewelry. Tied her up. Knocked her out. And then they must have killed her husband after she was knocked out. She didn't know that part, supposedly. Okay. So that's her story. That's what she says happened to the police. And the house did look turned over. Someone had uh, gone through and like did some upturned furniture and stuff. And as far as they could tell on first glance, the jewelry was missing. So they're like, okay, maybe it's a little bit of an open shut case. We just got to find these two guys who did it.
2: These two Italianos. Okay.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But. Upon a closer examination, they start to see some inconsistencies in Ruth's story.
2: Oh, so she's not the criminal mastermind we all thought she was.
0: Hmm. <laughs> not at all. In fact, you're going to think dumb bitch for this like <laughs> oh. in episode two. <laughs> that was episode two. Good job. Mm-hmm. I do remember sometimes things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so Ruth, being a dumb bitch, she said that. The robbers took her jewelry, right? So you would think that she would hand Judd her jewelry as he was walking out the door to at least get it out of the house.
2: I would think that, yes. I'm a logical person,
0: though. You are a logical person, and Ruth was not. So what she did, and she probably was like, well, I don't want this to get too far away from me, is she took all her nice jewelry and shoved it under her mattress. Okay. The cops found it. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, oh, this doesn't seem right. I don't think burglars would put it here. So they were a little suspicious of that. They were also suspicious of how the house had been disheveled because it didn't really fit a burglary. Instead, it was like curtains were torn. There was a couple pillows thrown around. There was a few chairs that were knocked down. It didn't it looked more like a a Party had been there.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so it was starting to look s- a little staged too.
0: Yes, yes. So they were like, I th- whoever did this didn't know what a robbery was actually going to look like. <laughs> so they got suspicious. So that was Judd. So both of them are dumb bitches in this <laughs> together. Okay, I-, I can take that, yeah. Yeah, at least they're doing it together. <laughs> <So> <laughs> but it, now it, it starts to get into some harder evidence. In her handbook, they found a check. For $200 made out to Judd Gray, corset salesman. And that's how they found Judd's name and added it to the mix. And then they, they were like, okay, well, that could could be for a corset, right? Sure. But, I mean, yeah. Could be. But they also found in the same bag, they found a letter from Judd, a love letter, where he calls her Mumsy. Not with the momsy again. Exactly. She's keeping these things basically out in the open and being like, but it was robbers. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I, it kind of sucks. And the, to add insult to injury, the cops found... Albert's uh, tie pin. And remember, it said the initials JG for Jesse Gouchard. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they didn't know Jesse Gouchard, and there's no reason for them to. So they assumed it was Judd Gray's tie clip. Oh, no. I know. Poor Ruth. She was like, that damn tie clip, I've been hating it for how many years now? And it is the thing that brings me down. (laughs) It will be the death of me. It is the death of her. Yeah, Albert's. revenge from beyond the grave real, uh, super sucks for them so basically <laughs> the police realize what's going on they just have to get ruth to admit it or you know find judd but they bring in ruth and they're like just a casual like we just want to ask you some more questions to fill out the rest of the paperwork so she's like sure no problem she goes in with them and the one of the first questions out of his mouth real casual just making chit chat he says and how about that judd gray she says immediately has he confessed oh no (laughs) she didn't even be like who's that (laughs) i mean who's that i don't know (laughs) you mean the guy that sold me my corset she could have said that like that name sounds familiar i think i bought some corsets from him What of him you know yeah
2: (laughs) man she made that real
0: easy she could have at least tried but no she did it she said has he confessed like guilty conscience coming through and they said basically they were like no bitch but you just did (laughs) so ruth and judd after this whole debacle
1: we take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the nespod studios join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems
0: They both get arrested for first-degree murder, and they go on trial. As they should, yes. Ruth and Jed immediately turn on each other, Mm -hmm. and they start pointing the finger like it was all their idea to each other.
2: Oh, so much for this this lovey-dovey mumsiness. I know, right? That was quick.
0: <laughs> so Ruth blamed Jud, said that it was his idea to get the insurance policies, and that he had done all the, the, the attacking on Albert, and she didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. What I told you guys before was Jud's side of the story. His was a little bit more like, yes, I did participate, but it was mostly her idea, and she did the killing blow. So I, because of the differing stories like for her it was all judd's fault and judd did everything and then he said well i did this stuff and she did this stuff his sounded a little bit more believable yes because he was saying he was culpable a little bit too but it didn't matter in the end both of them got sent to the electric chair
2: okay so they're both found guilty both are going to
0: die. That was in on, uh, 1927, May 13th, 1927. Both were found guilty by the jury. Judge sentenced them both to death and they were sent to the death house at Sing Sing.
2: The death house, huh? Yeah. That yeah, was I called? guess that's where they
0: send them. <laughs> Back then, I think that's what's like a nickname for the... For like death row inmates? At the death prison? row. Thank you. Yeah. That's what they called it in the newspaper anyway. Okay. But so they were going go to go to the death house at Sing Sing and then they were going to meet Old Sparky, the electric chair.
2: Old Sparky, huh? Old Sparky. All right. Is that like a brand
0: name? I. It might as well be right because the. The electric chair in Huntsville, Texas prison, was also called Old Sparky for a long time. So <laughs> when, when I read this, I was like, no, Old Sparky's in Texas. How dare you, Sing Sing, try to steal the name.
2: I'm sure it was a common nickname. And for those of you that don't know, Paige actually went to sense. college in Huntsville, so she would know. That's true,
0: Lisa. I did. I did go to college in Huntsville. And I also visited the Texas Prison Museum several times as a child. I'm so how... jealous.
2: Like I, I live here. I need to go. I need to just pick a weekend and go.
0: I think you should. It was awesome. I've been there a lot. And if it's still open, I don't even know if it still exists. But if it does, I say go see it because they have old Sparky in the f- in the wood, not in the flesh. <laughs> in the wood. Uh-huh. You can't sit in it, but it would be cool if you could. Oh my
2: God. If you could sit in
0: it, I would be so happy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Maybe they should charge for it like 20 bucks to sit in it. People would pay. I would pay. So anyway. um. (laughs) I'll be sure to let them know next time I'm there. Yeah, please give them a little tip. Like, hey, by the way, I would have given you five stars on Yelp, except. (laughs) Except we can't sit in Old (laughs) Sparky. Yeah, I want to send old Sparky, even if you charge extra for it.
2: I feel like that's a perfect way to get haunted, though. Like,
0: Ooh, yeah, good idea. Maybe don't sit in it. Yeah, I
2: mean, in theory it's fun, <laughs> but in actuality, you go and get haunted. I'd still
0: do it. <clears throat> but anyway. Um, so why is the execution of Ruth Snyder more important to the story than what? The whole fucking thing that we just talked about. The reason I told the story was to tell you that, excuse me, the trial of Ruth and Judd was all over the tabloids the entire time. There was like local celebrities showing up just to sit in the trial uh, for no real reason. These two were no names. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the tabloids went nuts on their trial. So, leading up to the execution of Ruth Snyder um, and Judd Gray people were anticipatory of it because they had been following the trial the whole time so they were set to be executed January 12th 1928 Judd and Ruth were going to be executed on the same day because they committed the same crime and when it was Ruth's turn at the electric chair, a reporter was there with a camera strapped to his ankle. He snuck it in.
2: How big were his pants? Because I know those cameras had to <laughs> be big.
0: They were. They were so bulky. But there, there is a picture online of this guy with the camera on his ankle. His name is... Tom Howard, and it was a single-use camera, so it's a little smaller than the other cameras they had of the day, but still pretty bulky. I guess people just weren't looking at his ankle. I don't know.
2: He has cankles. Leave him alone.
0: Exactly. He was Maybe he limping a little bit, so they thought maybe he had a fake leg. I have no idea how he snuck this thing in, but he did. He was sitting down with a camera on his ankle... And he worked for the New York Daily News, who had sent him in there, not necessarily to get a picture, but to get a good story.
2: Yeah. He thought he'd do one better.
0: (laughs) He did. He was like, fuck you guys. I gotta figure this out. (laughs) Talking to the prison guards who were supposed to stop him. (laughs) So as as you can assume, uh, cameras were not allowed at executions, Mm -hmm. at at, uh, electric chair executions. It just was, I guess, poor taste. So they didn't allow it. Sure, but he snuck one in. Tom Howard did. So at the t- at the moment, Ruth Snyder's sitting down. She gets the electric currents through her, and as she's dying, after the whole thing is over, he take he pulls up the pan of his leg and takes a quick picture of her from that camera.
2: Oh as she's dying
0: as she's dying so while she's taking her last breaths he points his toe at her and takes the picture and just hopes that it catches her because you know mm-hmm. it's a one-shot camera and i'm sure it probably had like a flash or something so i bet all the prison guards were like what the fuck was that <laughs> they probably thought old Sparky
2: was sparking or something
0: <laughs> right maybe they thought it was normal i don't know but uh he did get away with the camera so i assume they did not know mm-hmm. he got the picture I think if they had known, they would try to confiscate the camera. Yeah. But he he got away with it. So Ruth Snyder, poor Ruth Snyder was electrocuted to death. He took a picture of her while she was dying. And that's where her infamy, you know, was solidified. So
2: did this make it like in the actual
0: newspaper? It did. (gasps) It did. The next day it ran in his newspaper that he worked for the New New York Daily News. They ran it with the headline. I, I don't know what the headline actually was, but it was like there was Ruth Snyder in the electric chair dying right in front of everybody's faces. And they had never seen a picture like that before oh
2: it's awfully gruesome to think about
0: super gruesome yes and i think they explained in there it wasn't just her sitting there waiting to be electrocuted it was while she was dying and that really sparked people either i keep saying sparked Um. (laughs) unintentionally right unintentionally i think it's just in my vocabulary but um (laughs) as you can imagine i mean people have never seen somebody being electrocuted because they didn't allow cameras in there Mm -hmm. and this is the only picture before or since that i know of of a person dying in the instant they've had pictures of electrocutions before and after death but not during Mm -hmm. so this is the only one of its kind as far as I know, in the electric chair.
2: Oh, I just looked up a picture, and it's awfully creepy.
0: Isn't it a little creepy? It's kind of, uh, it, it's like if you just happen to see it without context, you might not know what it was or think it's creepy. Mm-hmm. But knowing what it is makes it extra creepy.
2: Definitely creepy. It almost looks like her her limbs are a, a smidge blurred, like she's yes. moving. Like, I'm, I'm sure when a current's going through you, you're shaking
0: Yeah, I think the same thing, Lisa. When I saw it too, and there's other people who said the same thing, that it looks like it could just be that it's a shitty camera because it was, you know, a little one-off shot camera. mm -hmm. But it does look like her limbs are still quivering, like she's still got the electricity shooting through her limbs
2: it looks like there's a dude standing behind her
0: i wonder that too it's hard to tell because if you see the pic so there's the the image of it that's cropped just of her yeah but then there's the full image that because he was you know taking it from the ground up you can see the whole room basically with people standing there and you know so it's hard to tell really what's going on behind her but yeah it's it's a crazy picture and people have said they they've gone as far to say is like you can because of the blurriness you can kind of see that she is dying and maybe like her spirit's coming out of her body I'm not so sure about all that I think that part of it is that you know that she's dying in the picture so you kind of attach meaning to it but who's to say?
2: Yeah cause it It kind of looks like there's someone behind her, but it also looks like she's right up against a wall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So is it a weird shadow of the chair or is it a person standing there making sure it's going okay? I don't know how close they were allowed to stand.
2: Yeah. I mean, the person, I mean, whoever, if there's anything behind her, it like, I mean, like I said, it looks a little see-through, but it's also against the wall. And it could just be the camera catching like a shadow or a blur of her moving and it, Cause it looks almost about as tall as her but it also kind of looks like i don't know it's creepy y'all gotta go look yeah all you have to do is put in ruth snyder creepy. and there she is
0: yep ruth snyder ruth snyder execution whatever you want you'll find it and this name is spelled s-n-y-d-e-r for mm. snyder um so yeah he got this in the papers the paper congratulated him thought he did a great job gave him a hundred dollar bonus just for this picture
2: <laughs> good job it's a hundred <laughs> good job
0: tom <laughs> somehow, Judd's like, somehow Judd Gray got out. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, Judd's like, good job, Tom Howard. Why don't you come take a picture of me? <laughs> hey,
2: you did pretty good yourself.
0: I, I try to copy you. You're my teacher. Oh, thank you. No, you did really well. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but um, because of Tom Howard's antics, On the day of Ruth Snyder's execution, from that day forward, particularly in Sing Sing, they would always have the journalists lift their leg to make sure they didn't have a camera on their ankle. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) And as far as I know, nobody else tried it.
2: Yeah, they probably caught on pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, they were like, "Uh uh-uh no 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 no
2: (laughs) so okay so the the journalist was allowed to go watch her how how common was it to allow someone to go watch an execution like that like i feel like nowadays like there's no way like only like friends and family and stuff like that are allowed to go
0: you're right i don't think today they even i could be wrong but i don't think today they even allow reporters
2: unless they were like specially invited or something
0: yeah like if they had somehow developed a relationship with the person being executed and that person requests their presence I believe that's okay but back then it, it wasn't open to the public I don't think just anybody could get in to see an execution but they did allow journalists I believe but just no cameras so to wrap it up with Judd Gray our favorite forgettable face <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm Judd Gray I got a forgettable face but I did a heinous crime
0: <laughs> and they about to get me for it
2: <laughs> I'm about to fry
0: for reals he is because unfortunately when it was his turn at the chair, the same chair old Sparky that Ruth had just sat in, he unfortunately was botched. His execution was botched and his feet caught fire. Oh no, he was the one percenter. Yeah, he was one of those one percenters whose who's, uh, execution was botched. Oh jeez. But Ruth's was it. Okay. Ruth's was not botched. It was just photographed. It was just photographed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they both have interesting stories yay stupid judd i think it's his fault that we see ruth the way we do because he was the one that talked to the paper more than she did so the paper basically called him like some lovable joe schmo who got wrapped up in her world and she's like this spider woman who i don't know spider woman sounds more like spider-man now but i meant like black widow
2: i think that's what you're going for is a black widow (laughs)
0: thank you (laughs) a black widow yeah like she was just trying to use him to kill her husband for her Uh is what the media painted her as and I'm not sure that's the case I kind of feel like it was the both of them
2: but she chose to keep quiet where he yeah you know he told his story and you have no other story to like go off of yeah then that makes sense that they're gonna say okay well she's the she's really the bad one I mean he got roped into it because of her
0: right yeah he's this dumb Joe Schmo guy he couldn't come up with a plan like this it's gotta be that one you know
2: I'm no Joe Schmo I'm Judd
0: That was terrible. No, you must have it wrong, sir. (laughs) Judd. But that's our episode for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This will conclude the
2: episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.